TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Fan Afternoon Show. What in the world are we going to talk about today? Now it's just a slow day in the sports world, Sammy. Yeah, I mean, we're, here we are hoping that we would get, I mean, aside from the Luis Castillo trade that happened over the weekend, uh, it's a Monday. I mean, the deadline's tomorrow. Maybe we'll get something. Who knows if it's the Brewers? It'd be even better. Oh, no. It just so happens to involve Josh Hader and the San Diego Padres and the other top, you know, closer in the NL, too. We we had a uh, we have a meeting usually when when Sammy and I work together in the afternoon. We have a meeting in the morning. We, we talk to each other on the phone, set the day up, talk about the things that are that, that we'll be doing. And, you know, we said, all right, we've got a couple of things to talk about. It's not going to be a crazy day. Right. And then I, I put the phone down and said, this is a perfect chance to take a midday nap. And I mean, that phone went down and I went down and I woke up to a world on fire. I did the same thing as well. <laughs> Took a nap. And then the next thing I know, I wake up and boom, Josh Hader is being traded. My phone is blowing up. I got friends calling me and you know asking me what I think about the trade. And I'm still trying to figure out like who they got at the time. Right. So it's just crazy. And we'll talk about, you know, our reaction as well. But want to obviously hear from you guys, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. We'll read your guys' responses. Just nothing really too fancy here topic-wise as far as, like, what to talk about with the Josh Hader trade. What are your thoughts on the trade? What are your thoughts on the return? What are your thoughts on trading him at this point in the season? want to hear from you guys, 414-677-1250. Let's get out to Dominic in Hales Corners. Dominic, you're on the afternoon show. Hey, guys. Um... I guess for me, it's the phrase uh, competitive sustainability. They've been talking about that forever. And I can recall growing up with listening about the Braves and how they had been to the playoffs like 10 out of 12 years and no fans are going to the playoffs. And I I couldn't imagine that because the Brewers were horrible. And now that's what you're hearing from our management or owners or whoever. They just want to be competitive. It's, It's very similar to the Badgers. You know, it's not all about the national championship. It's about winning the Big Ten. Like, that's where our bar is. Brewers make the playoffs. And this just kind of shows it again. Like, all you heard about is Brewers need a bat, Brewers need a bat. Also, Brewers, go get two pitchers. I mean, it's just it's because they don't want to be really bad, but they don't want to go for it. And it's really frustrating. Uh, I, I I don't really feel like supporting the team anymore, honestly. Dominic, it's completely understandable. We appreciate the call, and this is this is the crisis mode. This right here is where my rant is going to come. We, we'll wait because we're going to get some phone calls, but Dominic, hit that button, which is for me to say, I'll, I'll just say this part of it right now. Any person that calls in today on the show and says, hey, I'm excited about the 2025 prospects, right, the guys that are going to come up in a couple years and what's happening there, 
I think they deserve to be commended. I think they deserve to be said to them, you are a good Brewers fan. The Brewers appreciate you sticking around through Major League Baseball's mess and what they have to do, what the Brewers have to do as a small market team to remain viable because that is, and, and I'm telling you, when this thing happens, I've you might have two big rants on your show today. I know Tim's got one, and I've kind of yeah. got one lined up at Major League Baseball right now. I mean, the thing is, though, it's it's very interesting when it comes to this because what happened last year with the Willie Adamas trade, I mean, it's funny, Kevin, if you were here on the afternoon show with uh, Rami and I at the time, we definitely had to eat crow later on that season for the Willie Adamas trade because we were, at the end of the day, we were wrong. If you look at the numbers with Willie Adamas last year, the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays, you were like, well, what's the difference between Orlando RC and Willie Adamas? And then you realize, well, Willie Adamas couldn't see the ball at Tropicana Field, and on top of that, you know, once he got to the team, he was clearly the MVP. So, like, it's it's interesting. One of my biggest pet peeves is, like, when it comes to who won, who lost the trade, that's that's one of my biggest pet peeves. When we're, when we're like, hours removed from the trade and we're trying to figure out who won and who lost, I, I can't I, – you can sell me either way right now. And I think at, the, at this point I'm still trying to, like, work my way through what I really think of this trade. I think I'll maybe have an idea of how I truly feel towards the end of the show, but right now I'm still kind of, like, in that shock phase. Yeah. Because there's a difference between trading Josh Hader with a little bit of time left and trading Josh Hader with a year and change of time left when you are a contender. The first place Brewers on Twitter look like and sound like sellers. Omar Narvaez and Colton Wong linked in one of these tweets. You kidding me? Right. They, they were made available at the same time that Josh Hader was quote made available. Although David Stearns did say that the Brewers have never made an outgoing call on Josh Hader, they just got incoming calls on Hader. I can understand that, but that's you're a fan of this team. You've supported this team. You've watched him be in first place all year. You've lived and died with the problems the offense has had. You've reveled in the pitching staff, which is such a rarity for a small market team. This is a rug pulled out moment. Again, I'm not. I'm not talking about the haul back. Because who knows? Like, yeah. Gasser, or yes, I'm going to call him that a bunch. Gasser <laughs> is his actual name. Right. Robert Gasser is a, a pitcher who, who could turn out to be terrific, and Ruiz could turn out to steal 60, 70 bases a year at the major league level. That's not a bad return if that's what you get, but it just. They're trying to win in in the in I'm using the Tim phrase. Right. They're trying to win in the 2022 championship season. <laughs> I mean, I get it though, because like, at the end of the day, like, and we just heard from David Stearns a couple minutes ago who he said that. Look, at the end of the day, Ruiz could possibly see some time at center field for the Brewers this year. So, I mean, it's not like you're trading for you know prospects that are going to be here in 2025, like people are joking about. But I just think I just think it's interesting because we saw also what happened with the Trent Grisham, Luis Arias, Eric Lauer trade. How like people at the time, Trent Grisham looked very promising at the plate despite the outfield there in the wild card game against the Nationals, and people at the time, myself included, were like, "Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this?" And then everybody who's a lot of people on Twitter and social media who are saying, you know, they hate the fact that we got they think that we got, quote unquote, fleeced in this trade. A lot of them are the same people who will always dig up Ken Rosenthal's tweets about Eric Lauer and Luis Arias being like, this trade just shows how good the Padres are at acquiring talent when they give up Luis Arias and Eric Lauer for young talent like Trent Grisham. I, I just I just think we need to take a step back. I know it's very frustrating, obviously, because like you said, we are trying to win a championship. And that's why this trade is even more complicated to figure out how we really feel about it. Because unlike the Willie Adamas trade, unlike the Luis Arias and Eric Lauer trade for Grisham, those were at the time when Brewers fans were still content and just getting into the playoffs. Now we're looking at this trade through the perspective of 
how does this help us win a championship right now? And that's what makes us even more complicated. It adds a whole other layer to it. In, in David Stern's own words, when he took over as a GM, he laid a mission statement out right off the top. He said one of the things he wants to do is to have this Brewers team consistently compete for championships. And that phrase, that group of words, indicates that he is going to try to do something to win now and something to win later. And by the way, as we're speaking, another Brewers top trade target is off the market. The trades are happening right now, Sam. And this one, uh, not good for the Brewers as one of the top starters on the market is gone. I just saw that too. And breaking news on the fan is brought to you by the Beat the Streak podcast. Get an inside edge on how to win the $5.6 million prize every day this baseball season. Listen on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcast. Frankie Montas of the Oakland A's has been traded to the New York Mets. So... Kind of a not a shocker there. Montas was pretty much the top starter after Castillo was traded. I heard a lot of people were you know thinking that Luis Castillo would have gone to the Yankees. So clearly, it looks like this is their backup plan. So Montas to the Yankees and uh, hater to the Padres. Yeah, starting your starting your day. Remember the trade deadline isn't today; it's tomorrow. So right. there's still a lot to go. And and we want your thoughts four one four six seven seven. 1250. Hey, check out 2400 Sports MLB coverage with Big Time Baseball. Former players Cody Decker and Tony Gwynn Jr., along with MLB insider John Heyman, sit down every week to cover all the moving parts of Major League Baseball on the field, in the clubhouse, and in the front office. These guys have you covered with complete breakdowns of every team and individual player worth noting on a week-to-week basis. New episodes of Big Time Baseball every Monday on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcast. My guess is their new episode might have been taped before the hater trade, but it's worth checking your Odyssey app to find yeah, out. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll have a great one next Monday, too, after all these trades are done as well. Once again, 414-677-1250. Want to hear from you guys. We'll obviously continue to give our thoughts about this trade, and we'll hear from Tim Allen at 430 as well. In the meantime, let's go out to the phone lines. Mike in West Dallas, you're on the afternoon show. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Kevin Sam. Kevin! What's up, what's up? <laughs> yep, um, so I, I actually like the trade. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, you weren't going to sign Hader long-term. You, you can't afford to pay a guy 15 to $20 million as a closer uh, in this market. You know, Taylor Rogers, he was an all-star last year. You're building for here and for later. Uh, I think Dylanson Lamette, I know he's struggled, but he's a very talented pitcher, you know, relief pitcher that throws 95-96. you guys remember Drew Pomerantz a few years ago? Oh, yeah. He sucked, he sucked with the Giants, and he came on the Brewers, and he did great. Because the Brewers have a great coaching staff when it comes to pitching. They can turn struggling starters and relievers into all-stars. So, uh, and then uh, Esturi Ruiz, um, you know, he reminds me a lot of Scott Pesednik. You know, a guy that's going to hit 270 and steal 50 to 60 bags and hit 10 to 15 home runs a year. I, obviously, I'm looking at this as glass, glass half full, guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at the best-case scenario Gasser, you know, he's a back-of-the-rotation type starter, so I'm, it's, I'm not super excited about him. But my question for you guys is, would you have rather the Brewers gotten, like, a top-three prospect from the Padres but not gotten the two relief pitchers and basically punted on a World Series this year, or would you have rather done what they did and kind of done both? That's a, it's a really good question. Well-researched, Mike. Uh, appreciate the call. That is... That's a really good question because those who feel like the Brewers needed to be all in this year and those who feel like the Brewers needed to get value for Hater for down the road, and by the way, those are both valid camps. It's two different uh, approaches to the issue that are both valid. Stearns does satisfy a little bit of both. If, if, 
he can get Rodgers and Lamette to give him something this year. And again, those are two pitchers that at this moment are struggling, but he, he raises a good point that when it comes to pitch usage especially, that's where Drew Pomeran's really shown uh, as, a, as a brewer, and maybe these two will as well. Yeah, I mean, you, at the end of the day, you got to remember that even though these guys may be struggling, that the Brewers are just one of the best organizations in all of baseball, better than the Padres certainly too, when it comes to tweaking a pitcher or two and just trying to figure out what it is that they need help with to make them more successful than they have been. So I think it's very interesting, too, the timing of trading for Taylor Rogers because at the end of the day, it looked like I was saying to start the show, but he's right behind Hayer when it comes to saves in the NL especially. But right before we traded for him, uh, Taylor Rogers was unfortunately not all the way demoted, but they said he was going to take a break from getting closing opportunities with the San Diego Padres because he was struggling. So I think bringing him into this situation right now with Devin Williams moving to the closer and Taylor Rogers being your setup guy, taking Devin Williams' old spot, I think that's going to help Taylor Rogers. Now, whether or not he's going to be, you know, lights out and all that, I think the opportunity is there for him. It's just on him now and what the Brewers can do to help him to try to figure it out. And on top of that, aside from adding Jake McGee, I mean, a lot of Brewers fans, including Tim Allen, who once again we'll talk to at 430, have been wanting that extra arm in the bullpen before the trade deadline is over. And look, maybe they continue to add another bullpen arm before the deadline, but Nelson Lamette, like we've been talking about injury history and all that, and obviously his numbers haven't been great this year, but he's got the stuff. And if he can put it together, that's a deadly weapon coming out of the bullpen. Fourth in 2020 in the Cy Young voting. Right. Fourth two years ago. Not oh, yeah. that bad. You don't got to tell me. I'm a, I'm, you a big, were looking- I'm a big memorabilia guy. Unfortunately, I, fortunately, I pulled uh, his his like rookie auto back in the day. So I've always kept an eye on Nelson Lamette, but it has been frustrating. And like I said, hopefully he can just tweak one thing or two and that – will be what hopefully David Stern's been hoping for. But to go back to Mike's call, I, I kind of like what they did right now. Now, whether or not they could have done better, that's a whole nother conversation and why they did it at the time. But I like what they're doing right now because clearly, like I said, looking at this trade, it's not just, okay, what'd you get? Who'd you give up? Now we're adding another layer of, is this going to help us win a championship? And you have this window, this couple-year window. I initially thought it was like a two-year window with Hayter before he left, but it's obviously now it's turning into the window of before Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff have to be paid. And Taylor Rogers is a rental right now. Maybe they can sign him. I'm not sure. Maybe they can bring in somebody else after the season, but I like what they did right now. They got somebody for the future, and they bring in arms that can help you possibly, if everything goes right, this postseason. And it's... It's one of those things where, yeah, you you get, an, and I am guilty of this, that, that you want the piece that could get you over the top in this particular year, in 2022. But the Brewers are, are what they're trying to avoid is is the, the pattern that, uh, the Kansas City Royals is a great example. The yeah. Royals did everything right for several years, and it resulted in two World Series appearances. Like, that was, for small market Kansas City, that was beautiful for baseball. That Royals team is, I always talk about how I love small ball, and then playing in Kauffman Stadium with the guys that they had, that is one of my favorite World Series team of my lifetime. 15? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kane's on that team. Absolutely. Escobar's yeah. on that team. Moustakis. Moustakis is on that team. I mean, they, and they were tremendous, but, but they... The, the Royals went the other way with this, which is they, they went all the way in and got to where they needed to go, which was perfect for that brief moment, and now they are all the way out. Right. Like that's, that, that's the up-and-down bend that, that Stearns, again, going back to his mission statement when he was introduced as the Brewers general manager, and he I mentioned it again at the beginning of his press conference today, consistently compete for championships. Doesn't mean consistently win them. It doesn't mean consistently uh, over overspend or over whatever, but consistently compete. Be in the position where they'll be in a running year after year. And I think he's already shown his hand too 
that he always wants to compete for, you know, a playoff opportunities in the future with the Aaron Ashby extension too. I mean, that clearly is a sign that, yeah, we want to, you know, obviously help our roster and Ashby is going to be a part of that, but we also want to lock him up too and make sure if something does happen with Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns or one of them, that at least we still have Freddie Peralta and Aaron Ashby. Yeah, I think, I mean, look, I, I, I definitely do not want to read like something huge macro into some micro moves in 2022, but with every one of these, I think there's some realism in there knowing that the Brewers are not going to be able to retain everybody from right. that starting rotation. They just can't. I mean, it's just not a it's not a viable thing, and and that goes back to that thing that at some point today, I'm just going to, my head's going to just unscrew from my body about Major League Baseball and how it's set up. I mean, the Bucks. See, I'm just like I'm ready to go into Let's that. Let's go, rant. Kevin. I'm Let's ready go. to go into it. The Bucks, the Bucks just showed you <laughs> last year, 2021. The Bucks just showed you that Milwaukee can have nice things. Right? They just showed you that. NBA knows how it's done. They get Milwaukee a championship, and what do you know? The NBA is still wildly successful and wildly economically viable. The NFL has the Green Bay Packers in the smallest market in the country, and they consistently compete for championships. Oh yeah, they're great year after year. I, 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 I love it though. Yeah, I, I mean, if there's a day to do it, today's the day. I'm trying not to wind too high up, but I like I would, the music I was listening to on the way in to to, to work with you always sets the tone for what I'm doing and I was that was the hardest music I've listened to in the days we've we've been together. I, so like hard rock. Yeah, it was like drums and everything. Godsmack. Oh yeah. I was fired up. I and I like you know, I mean we can make fun of Godsmack. It's 2022. It's, but like when they were at Pfizer Forum, I forgot what Rami and I were talking about, but I'm like, "Who?" And then Rami's like, "Oh, don't tell me you know who Godsmack is." Maybe maybe it's not a bad thing if you don't know. No, it is a good thing that you don't. Like that that era of music is is kind of laughable now. Like they were preying on anger, preying on right. emotions and stuff like that. But when you play it, it is angry music. Like no matter how you feel about you know the the artistic value of it, it is angry music, and it got me it got me fired up at the league. Which at some point here in the afternoon we will do. Your thoughts on the Josh Hader trade? Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. Josh Hader to the Padres. Four players back to the Brewers. More of that next on the Fan Afternoon Show. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. Twelve fifty a.m. The Fan. Kevin Holden from CBS fifty eight. Sam Schmitz. Uh, it, this is the music you were talking about, right? Yes. Just picture me like. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the Brewers traded Josh Hader. What do you think? See, I keep wanting to not give away the rant, but right. you know. Yeah, how do you think fans feel right now? These guys with Hader jerseys. My pitcher from my softball team wants to wear a Josh Hader jersey instead of his own jersey tonight. I don't want to take bites out of the apple. Right. I want a World Series. I want that trophy. It's mine, and I need it now. <laughs> <laughs> Sell the team. No, I didn't, I didn't think that. I didn't think that. Um, never miss a moment from the fan again with the free Odyssey app. You can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. And I'm going to suggest that you download pretty much this entire show because it is going to be full of something. Venom and, you know, hope and excitement too. Like it's not just going to be all dark clouds, but... Oh, I, it, there's going to be a lot of them. I need a lawn chair when I get Tim Allen on here at 4.30. I am so excited. <laughs> I've never been so excited to hear from Tim before in my life. So at, I, at some point I'll launch in. I just don't want to do it like real close to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm glad he's not going to be in the studio. That he'll be like at his home. <laughs> so if he needs to throw things around, he can do it. But uh, real quick, once again, 414 If you guys want to chime in, give your thoughts on the Josh Hader trade before we get to Tim Allen. 
Want to hear from you guys. We'll read your comments on social media in a couple minutes here as well. It's got to the phone lines. Dave and Cudahy, you're on the fan. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I, man, I was really feeling some, like, last resort by Papa Roach. That seems about the right <laughs> amount of angst. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. The, the wordage kind of fits this situation as well. Uh, don't get me wrong. I have been all about the trade hater. But even I'm questioning this move just because we didn't get hardly any bats back. I feel like this must mean that they have something else in the works to maybe trade these prospects for something more. And I'm just going to hope and pray that that's the reason why they made this move. Because, man, I I thought we were pretty set all together on some arms. That's a good point. And it is also uh, a point where – if you're trying to get this team competing for the postseason, you've been talking about the offense. You're trying to get this team competing for the postseason. Then did they did they really do a lot to help 2022? I mean, if Taylor Rogers turns out to be pretty good, then they didn't lose a ton in the moment in the bullpen. Right. Well, we're, we're, we, there's still there's still maybe more moves too before tomorrow. Well, there there's the other half. Right. I right at this moment, Josh Hader's trade is in a vacuum. At this moment, right? It's in, it's in a, its own universe. There's a universe in which Josh Hader is gone, and four players that are not Josh Hader are back, right? And it's it's difficult, but th- this could be part of something else. There may be something else in the works. I thought it was interesting that uh, th- there was the question during the David Stern's presser about the deadline is tomorrow. How do you feel about your team? And of course, Stern's through cliche numero uno, mm-hmm. the cliche fastball. Uh, you know, we're always looking to improve the club. I think David Stearns is going to spend the next 24 hours looking significantly to improve the club. By the way, John Heyman just tweeted the Dodgers remain in on Juan Soto. And when you talk about being in, that's that would be the dream. But it just I think today is the financial reality that it, it, Soto ain't coming to Milwaukee. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, we were, we were talking about that last week. I just don't think compared to other teams that the Brewers have the farm system like all these other contenders that are in the sweepstakes for Juan Soto. All I'm saying is just anything but the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't, I don't need to see Juan Soto in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform. But once again, getting your thoughts on the Josh Hader trade. 414-677-1250 on the brand new phone line for the Fan Afternoon Show and all the other shows here on the Fan. Let's get out to Mike in St. Francis. You're on the Afternoon Show. Hey, good afternoon, guys. You know, I think when I first heard this, I was not unlike anybody else. It was like the knee-jerk reaction of, what are they doing? But listening to the David Stearns interview, and I think if you replay that, he was very, very elusive but diplomatic about saying, you know, we've been through this arbitration before with Josh Hader, and this time around it's a little more, and I think he used the word focus and maybe intense. He had a couple of words to describe it. I think what he's trying to say is before things really get stupid, and it's likely that it will, we just needed to do this from a a business standpoint as well as baseball. He's not had a great July, and maybe that's just something we don't know. Stearns again said that these conversations stay behind closed doors, and he was trying to, I think, just let on that maybe things are not all cheers and and happiness back there. So I think out of necessity they needed to do this. That's the take I got from from the Stearns interview. I I appreciate that, and and that goes back to – Something that happened a couple of years ago, if we're talking about the the lineage of the Josh Hader time in Milwaukee, do you remember when the Brewers were first in that annual playoff contender mode, and and they would use Josh Hader 
in a way that was, I mean, we thought was more valuable than a closer. Remember, he would get six outs, or or, or he would get three outs in the seventh. He wouldn't get outs in the ninth, right? right. It was the Swiss Army knife. And and so and and they said it was because Hader was the best reliever on the team, and they wanted him to get the three most important outs. It didn't matter if they were the ninth. You remember that? Yeah. Then do you remember when they went to arbitration and they said, "I oh, only had X number of saves." We shouldn't pay him as much money here in arbitration because he doesn't have as many saves. I got to tell you that part of my beef with Major League Baseball is what the arbitration system does to relationships between players and teams. It is awful. If you ever, because uh, you you have some guys from MLB Network on, Dan Plesak will join you from time to time. Oh yeah. If you ever get Sean Casey, if you ever get the mayor, why don't you ask him about his arbitration meeting? Well, on top of that, too, I mean, you look at Juan Soto too, like and Aaron Judge. Well, I know Judge isn't in arbitration anymore, but you know all these guys in today's day and age, like these guys are playing at just crazy levels at such a young age, and they deserve the money. But obviously, teams, especially like the Brewers, sometimes they can't afford to do that, or they don't want to do that. And even though they deserve the money, like you said, especially with Hater, the fact that we're we were at least like what two to three rounds into arbitration that has gone very poorly between the Brewers and him. I just I don't I give credit to him that he hasn't at that point even before today hasn't thrown the Brewers under the bus. Right there's an agent or someone somewhere did that because we were in Phoenix when that when that came about that arbitration came about and we caught him in his locker and you don't know right, right. you do, I mean the hater might be want to throw stuff he's he's always handled it very professionally mm-hmm. he's never let his true emotions you know actually been leaked to the media and all that he's handled it very well but there are guys. If that happened to anybody else in the major leagues, a lot of guys wouldn't be that complimentary of the organization. You And you have to understand, and I, I, I don't know if I can properly get this across. I think I can. Sam goes in to his bosses after X amount of time at the station and says, hey, you know, it's time. we got to talk about some money. And they go in front of someone they've never seen before, right? We call it an arbitrator, but whatever it is. Like, the, you know, this this random third person. And in front of this random third person, your bosses say to them, well, Sam doesn't do this very well. Yep. Or Sam has missed on this. And it's stuff that they haven't told you about. Right. It's not that you've discussed it or said, hey, let's work on this. Let's make it better. But it comes up somehow. Well, on top of that, imagine if one of the arbitration cases with Hater, they used his old tweets against him. Right. Imagine being in that room and be like, whoa, I mean, did you see what? After the organization had his back and then they're bringing that up right. when he's trying to get his money. Dude, it's the ar- that arbitration process. It's the worst. Is terrible, terrible for relations between a player and a, and, a, and and the team. Like, there's a reason why the Brewers for years and years settled it, all their arbitration cases before they had to go before a judge. Because that right there, no matter how and I, and look, I'm you understand, I'm not picking on you specifically. I'm no, just yeah, saying yeah. you're right here as an example. Yeah, you you. No matter how you feel about the people that that are around you, the people that 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 make it possible for you to be here, and I know you're appreciative. If you went through one of those, you might feel differently. Oh yeah, and to be honest, I might not be you know as content as Josh Hader, and I might be way more emotional at this point. And be like, hey man, I'm not it's not saying I do, but be like, hey, look, if that's what you really think of me, and I know that's what you guys got to do. Maybe I'm not the maybe I don't want to be here anymore. That's what Hader could have done. He could have forced a trade, but. I, I was trying to bring up the exact quote from Ken Rosenthal, who wrote a piece very late last night around like 9 p.m. It got released. But apparently it's not even – on top of that, we we mentioned the history between the Brewers and Hader and arbitration. But on top of that, they were pretty frustrated about the role that he was being used in too. Apparently mm-hmm. they wanted to use him in situations more than an inning. 
And okay, like I guess if you want to be frustrated about that, and if Hater doesn't want to do that, like I think he has the right to. Yeah. Kind of like with uh, Devo Samuel in football, where he doesn't want to be that wide receiver running back anymore. Right. But at the end of the day, too, like when's the last time you used Devin Williams more than any? When's the last time you used Josh Hader if you were going to use more than any? I mean, the guy pitched, remember that Cubs doubleheader this year? Right. Where he, he literally had a save in both games of a doubleheader. Right. That's the most you can ask from a guy, honestly, if he's not going to give you, you know, two innings. Though it looks like between the between the Brewers and the you know and, and Josh Hader, not only was it, okay, well, are we going to pay him after next season? Okay, well, are we going to have to go through another arbitration case, and who knows how that's going to end? Apparently, it was because of the role too. So it was a whole mixture of things with the Brewers and Josh Hader. It's and again, it, there's there's a relationship there, and, and Hader has been a true professional about the the specifics of it. So I can't tell you that Hader is upset with the team. That's I'm not no, telling you that's the case. We're not trying to speak for him, yeah. But it's entirely possible that that's been the case. Mm-hmm. I would not blame him based on the way a couple of the arbitrations have gone if that's been the case. And again, not a slight against the Brewers. It happens all over baseball. Sean Casey tells the story about his his um, arbitration with the Reds where he was mad enough that they had to get him out of the room. Yeah. Like because they were actually in a room. They you know, they used to do these in uh, it was not a court, I guess, but some sort of office, right? And they had to get Casey out of the room. Like, he was hopping. Because you you give everything. Mm-hmm. You give everything. And and then there's way they're trying to find ways and create ways to not pay that money. On top of that, too, we haven't even brought up the position that he is. A closer. Oh, man. In baseball. Who, the Roos especially, they've been burned in the Doug Melvin era with paying guys and all that. That closer position Paying guys that the money, the amount of money that they are due can be so volatile and whether or not they want to pull the trigger. Yeah. So that it's just a whole tornado of things that I'm sure David Stearns didn't want to have to deal with and Mark Ananasio didn't want to have to go through again, you know, after this season. It's 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 one of those terrible situations in baseball because an elite closer is a difference maker. There two thirds of the teams in major league baseball will probably change closers at some point, at least in, in a couple of years, maybe within a year. Half the teams will within a year, right? The the 30 major league closers on opening day are not the guys that stay in that role. It's the one most volatile role. But then on the other side of it, if you have an elite guy, you got to do something to try to retain that elite guy, and they become these all-time greats. They become the Mariano Rivera's of the world. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very tough situation, again, for a small market team. And maybe it's time. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll dig into this small market thing after the break on the Fan Afternoon Show. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.